0: Hey, y'all. Welcome to Latte & Laundry. I'm Suzanne Billadou, and I am so honored to be with you here as we navigate motherhood, wifehood, sisterhood, and everything in between. This is a podcast for my fellow imperfect people who want to grow in greater communion with our most perfect God. So join me and my friends as we laugh, cry, dive deep, and explore with one another as we journey towards stilling our souls while moving our world. Hey, so welcome back to another episode of Latte and Laundry. I'm Suzanne Billadou, your host. And um, I'm actually not in a season of recording episodes by myself right now because I'm in the midst of some interviews and some conversations with friends. But um, I just had stuff on my heart this morning that I wanted to get on here and talk about because it actually is doing a number in my own soul. And I figured, hey, why not get on here and, and discuss it with my friends? Um, okay. So, this morning's gospel was kind of something that I've heard many, 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 many times. And it relates to one of the miracles that Christ performed, one of his famous miracles. But this is just how awesome God is, and sometimes when we we read his living word, he speaks to us in such different ways at different times in our life, and today was one of those times. So before I dive in, I want to open us up with our Bible verse, which is Galatians 5, 13 through 14, that says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, so Paul is reminding us exactly the new commandment that Christ gave us, right? Which is to love our neighbor as ourself. And this morning I was reading, uh, to be honest, I'll be real um, vulnerable here. I won't get into the details of it, but I've been having a really rough few weeks, um, Just a lot of my own heavy stuff in my heart, a lot of wounds from my childhood, a lot of deep places have been stirred in my soul lately and it's really made it difficult for me to mother and for me to wife and for me to friend, for me to sister, for me to daughter, for me to live out these roles that Christ asked me to live out. And um, as I was reading this morning's gospel reading, there was just one word that totally um, took me by surprise. And so that's the, the kind of spark for today's episode, which I will call, um, withdraw and serve. So to give you a piece of what, an understanding of what it is that I'm talking to, why don't I just read? It's going to be somewhat of a long reading and you guys will all be (laughs) familiar with it. Um, but I want to read, um, some of, what stirred in my soul today so that we can kind of dive in deeper together and it's from Matthew chapter 14 and it starts at verse 13 it says now when Jesus heard this and it's referring to when Jesus heard how John the Baptist had been killed and it said now when Jesus heard this he withdrew from there in a boat to a lonely place apart. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. As he went ashore, he saw a great throng, and he had compassion on them, and he healed their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a lonely place, and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages and buy food for themselves. And Jesus said, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They said to him, We have only five loaves here and two fish. And he said, bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke it and gave the loaves to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up twelve baskets full of broken pieces left over. And those who ate were about five thousand men besides women and children. Okay. (laughs) So this is the infamous story real event of the um miracle of the fishes and the loaves right and i've been in this place i'll be honest and i don't know how i'm sure many of my listeners can can relate that sometimes when i'm struggling and sometimes when i'm in a in a real deep place of pain and sorrow i find myself going inward i find myself wanting to hide from the crowds i find myself Wanting to isolate myself from other people because I don't want to, I think part of, part of it is we want to be able to be free to feel and um, live out what we are experiencing. And when we go to a party or we go to these events, it's much harder on our souls when we have to put on a brave face and yet we feel like we're dying inside. So I think there's an element of, of that. And then there's just an element of it, their anxiety or depression or whatever it is kicks in and we just want to pull the covers over our heads and hide out. And in these last few weeks, I've been really struggling and finding myself, I haven't quite been in bed with the covers over my head, but I have felt this desire to want to simply do that every day. And I've been really struggling and crying out to God and having these deep conversations with him. And it wasn't until I opened up my Magnificat this morning, reading the daily readings, when it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I couldn't have expressed it better myself than the example that Christ gives us here. It says, and if we go back, it says that now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there. Now, I do know that he was obviously, it wasn't his time yet, right? It wasn't his time to walk the walk of Calvary. And so he was hiding from authorities, knowing and seeing what had happened to John the Baptist. I think there's a piece of it that we know is he was hiding from the authorities and going to a place of refuge. But there's also a piece of it that similar to when Christ found out about um, the death of Lazarus, he wept at the tears of another when Martha and Mary were, were really disheartened and brokenhearted and weeping. And Christ hears of this, even knowing he was about to perform the miracle to rise, raise Lazarus from the dead, he wept. And similarly here, he knows that John is not going to be, um, that death has not is not the last of John, and that through Christ's sacrifice, he will be with him forever in paradise. And yet, he withdrew to a lonely place apart. And this, my friends, is where I feel like often we can go when we struggle. And Christ shows us the, the sometimes human heart necessity and authenticity and vulnerability and reality of needing to withdraw, whether that's for a minute. When you're having a hard day, you withdraw for a minute in a closet, in a bathroom by yourself, whether it's um, for a couple of days because you've been, you know, struggling and dealing with your own things or whether it's even going to a place of refuge and withdrawing for for weeks or and just having some quietness to yourself and your family and not doing the hustle and bustle if if you can he's showing us christ himself god of the universe is showing us that after hearing of his beloved john's death he withdrew to a lonely place just like he wept when he heard about Lazarus and I think this for me was a comfort to my heart because sometimes the enemy wants to come in we talk about this all the time but he wants to come in and shame me for just the the place in which my heart is experiencing the place in which I want solitude the place in which I want to retreat the place in which I want to kind of hide out for a few minutes or a few hours or whatever it is to be able to be present to what is going on within me to be able to mourn, to be able to weep, to be able to deal with the sorrow and the pain that I'm experiencing. And the enemy loves to make us feel ashamed and dirty for that. But Christ himself showed us through his wonderful example, human, fully human, and fully divine, showed us that he himself, at the experience of learning of John the Baptist's death, withdrew to a lonely place apart. And again, there's elements of that that is probably and most likely also just hiding from the authorities because it was not yet his time. But I think a great deal of this is a perfect example for us to see and accept and acknowledge that when we are in deep pain and in deep sorrow, sometimes going to a lonely place apart and withdrawing is a healthy and beautiful way to live in the place in which we are in the pain and the sorrow however <laughs> I am not going to end there because Christ did not end there in fact I think this is what really wildly shook me this morning as I was reading the gospel is that I had always heard this as he's as, and read this as he went to hide from authorities and the crowds followed him so he was moved by compassion for them and he stretch the disciples to trust in his um, fatherly care to collect the few fishes and the few loaves and that he would multiply them and to give us this witness of this beautiful profound um, miracle but as I was praying through this bible verse this morning or verses I was recognizing this this piece of Christ withdrawing and then being moved to compassion for others and I don't know about any of my listeners but I think one of the greatest things Christ did was give me a bunch of children that are under my care because and it's not always easy to but sometimes it is precisely the needs the heart needs, the physical needs, the survival needs, whether it's just merely feeding them and changing a dirty diaper, etc. But it's the needs of my kids and my heart, my, my mom heart being moved to serve them and love them that pulls me out from withdrawing to my lonely place apart. My heart gets moved to compassion of wanting to serve, love, spend quality time with, adventure, explore with my kids. And it can be the precipice that pulls me out of this place of pain and sorrow that I was experiencing. And I think Jesus shows us that example perfectly here, right? And like we talked about in the opening Bible verse, there's a calling on each and every one of us to serve one another humbly in love. And as I was realizing how much my own experience in these last few weeks, as I'm coming out of this place of dealing with some of my own deep wounded um, corners and cracks within my own heart and soul, I'm realizing how it has been the, the needs of those around me, those I love, whether it's my spouse, my children, my friends, my relatives, my community. It's the needs of others, um, whether again, it's just helping out with physical tending needs or being the soft place to fall and shoulders for a child to fall on, a friend to fall on, to love and wipe away the tears of others that has had the capacity to stretch my heart and to push me and pull me out of this place of, that I otherwise could have stayed in for a very long time. And it's interesting because as I was praying through this and reading up about um, just this serving others being a way to help us come out from our withdrawal, I was recognizing that there have been actually a number of studies that have been done and this probably is no surprise to my listeners, but there's a number of studies that have done that have proved that helping others and loving others is good for us. And we know this. Like our brains and our intellects can step back and know this. But sometimes it takes living through the experiences ourselves for us to reaffirm these truths in our hearts. Several studies have actually suggested that supporting others can help buffer our bodies against the detrimental effects of stretch of, of stress. So, a five-year study of about eight hundred and fifty people in Detroit found that stressful life life events appeared to a greater to take a greater toll on people who were in general less helpful to others, while helping others seemed to almost erase the detrimental physical effects of stressful experiences. And I was like, Phew if that isn't a calling to serve, if we can't even feel motivated by our sheer compassion for others to serve, just knowing that if it opens the gateways to compassion and love, pouring out Christ alive in us to help others, it actually is a a cracked door opening for us to receive the love of Christ ourselves by us serving others. And the Proof is in the pudding here when we can see that the studies have shown it actually has a great way of erasing the detrimental physical effects of stressful experiences. Um, They've also said Amy Grant, an organizational psychologist at um, Wharton, said that there is a lot of evidence that one of the best anti-anxiety medications available is generosity whether that's generosity with our money, generosity with our time, generosity with our hearts. It's just in loving others can help reduce our own anxiety. Again, this is not something that seems wildly um, revolutionary idea, but sometimes putting these ideas on paper and seeing the, the science behind the gift of our, our own, Generosity and loving others, and how that serves to love us in return. I think we can all relate. I remember my kids saying this at sometimes at Christmas, when they had really worked hard to pick out a random five dollar gift that they put all their heart and thought into for one of their siblings or for one of their parents. I've heard on a number of occasions, um, especially from my deep feeling son, that mom, wow, it feels so much better to give than to receive. And this is what Christ is showing us right here. He gives us the perfect example here. He withdrew to a lonely place to probably deal with the emotions and and the stress and having to hide out and acknowledge what happened to John the Baptist. And yet, he was moved to compassion for others. And what did he do? He wasn't simply moved and his heart felt good. No, he got up. He healed the sick and he fed the hungry. And this is a beautiful um, witness that Christ gives us in his own walk while he was here in the human flesh of what can serve our own hurting, aching, sorrowful, withdrawing hearts. And it's not just even in um, physically serving one another But often it can even be in um, loving on someone else. I know a few of my girlfriends and I have talked about this, that sometimes it makes it easier for us to carry our own cross when others share their crosses with us so that we can help love on them and do our best to help lift, even if it's just a corner, a, a tiny sliver of their crosses, somehow that makes our own cross lighter. In fact... Um, there was another study done that said the act of giving advice has been shown to be more beneficial than even receiving it. In a series of studies of over 2,200 people, researchers from the University of Pennsylvania and the University of Chicago actually found that after middle school students mentored younger students about studying, they themselves ended up spending much more time on their own homework. They also found that overweight people who counseled others on weight loss were much more motivated to lose the weight, and to keep it off themselves. So this is really like, I, and I can 100% relate to this because I know, I've te- I tell this to my kids when we do homeschooling. In fact, that I, I in, because I was um, kind of driven by my academics, which I think I've talked about on here previous on previous episodes, but I was very much driven as my identity um, was found in academics and in success and my achievements specifically my grades and pleasing all of my my teachers and then my professors at university. Um, I was often very, um, it was a very apparent to many of my classmates, even in the ones in the lecture halls where we don't talk much to each other, um, that I had kind of, now I can recognize as a disordered, um, obsession with getting good grades, but that I was very keen on doing well in school, and so I was often asked by many of my peers and friends to tutor them and help them make study notes, etc. And I found that when I not only did I love tutoring because people would pay me, and I just loved helping others if it was someone that just knew me and just wanted to ask my advice on schoolwork, but I actually loved tutoring others because as I taught someone else, I found that the ideas and the truths were more grounded and found a firm foundation in my mind so that that was a form of deep, great studying for myself. And I tell this to my kids all the time too, um, when one of them might struggle with something with school and I ask them to tell me how to do it. For, for example, a math problem, I'll ask my second grader, all right, well, walk me through it. What do you do? Tell me how to do it. And I found that when I even tell them to explain it as if they're teaching their younger sibling or to go over to their younger sibling and try to teach their younger sibling how to do their math, they somehow understand their math at a much greater capacity than they did prior to trying to teach it to another. And that's what this study shows us here. And so even loving on someone else by giving them advice um, when they're hurting And leading them back to Christ, it can be the gateway to leading our own hearts back to goodness, beauty, and truth when we are in a bucket of pain and sorrow. So as I move forward and try to allow the calling that Christ has placed in front of me to serve my children, my husband, and and those that are in my pathway, I, I encourage all of you, especially if you're, if you're having one of those weeks, months, <laughs> or quite frankly with the way our world has been in these last couple years, um, years where you find yourself struggling, wanting to withdraw, wanting to hide out into a deserted, lonely place. Know that that is okay because Christ himself did that. Rip away the chains of shame that the devil would love to eat away at your heart with and live in the freedom of knowing that Christ himself gave us that example. But at the same time, I encourage you, as I do for myself, to, to pray that God make it make it evidently clear where and how he is asking you to serve, whether it's at work, whether it's with your loved ones, whether it's in your community, where he's asking you to serve, even if it's in the tiny way, even if all today your way of serving is to wash that one Dish, fold that one piece of laundry, call that one friend you know would love to hear from you. Regardless of what it looks like and how you serve, ask Christ to make himself apparent in the movements of your heart there. And honestly, as you stretch and push yourself to come out of the place of deserted loneliness, where you withdrew from, recognize that maybe today as you find yourself serving another, maybe today that is God stretching your capacity and growing your heart in a way that is he is working his own little miracle inside of you just like he did with the fishes and the loaves okay friends well this has been um a treat for me every time I get on and chat with you guys it's it's a treat for me and honestly I just keep getting like blown away by the messages I'm receiving um and the emails I'm getting of just how some of this stuff has been encouraging to you. And I love it because I I love walking this walk with all of you. I love journeying together. I love encouraging one another to grow in greater communion with Christ so that we can all um, become the little saints one day he's calling us to be. But until next time, my friends, I hope you all have a blessed week. Relax, stay cool, and... Um, I'll check in with y'all soon. God bless.